Are you ready? Can crush us. It don't really get no better than this the podcast that you're looking for. If you're really heavy in the wrestling, hosted by the mark. Energy that's so amazing. Gotta keep it entertaining. Rep the can crush a nation. Yeah, you know what's going down in the ring. Lights out when you hit a ding ding. Knock them out like boom bada bing. Hold it down, you can crown me the king. Gotta shout out to the Miz and Duke the dumpster. We choke slamming everybody. Power driving, hit them with a face buster. Yeah, yeah, this the show you need an and it ain't no need for waiting. Mark, hold it down for the can crusher nation. All about wrestling and keep it entertaining. Can crushers wrestling podcast. Time to break them. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can crushers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can crushers. Let's go. night and welcome to can crushers wrestling podcast i am your host mark the mark a little shout out on that intro to our good friend glenn ralph from the glenn ralph show glenn i promise i won't do it again i'll go back to and welcome back to can crushers guys this episode with vet adams is going to be super emotional came across her on instagram just a couple days. Legitimately, this has been in the work less than a week, and this is so inspiring, inspirational, hard-hitting. Be prepared. Be prepared. I'm 45 in a couple weeks, and when I heard her story, I cried, and I stopped it kind of halfway through, so I don't know the complete story, but I want to know all of it, and I want to keep it Fresh and real for you guys on here. It's unbelievable. It's unfreaking believable. So we'll get to Vet Adams here from Deep South Professional Wrestling in Georgia. Yeah, how about that? The Deep South. I'm excited about that. We'll talk a little bit about that with Vet as well. And then there's a huge, huge announcement she has. Uh, if you follow Deep South, you know what it is. But if you're in Georgia, in, in and around that area, man, you have something special coming up this weekend. And if you don't take advantage of it, you're a fool. You're a fool. Yeah. So we'll be talking to Vet Adams here in a quick, quick second. But you know the rest we have to do. We are on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and all those social medias. We also are on Buy Me a Coffee. You can donate to the show there as well. All of it's at CanCrusher69. Make sure you like and follow and interact with us there. CanCrusher69 at gmail.com. That's our email. Drop us a note. Uh, tell us how much of an idiot we are or, you know, whatever. You know, because we have the weekly show where we are do our wrap-ups, how much you love the spotlights, anything like that. We'll get you on the show as well. And don't forget to check out Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all of those ones that have the old podcasting hosts. Make sure you like and subscribe and please rate us. Uh, that only helps us get better and find more and more people out there in the world that love to hear wrestling stories. You know the spotlight is by far my favorite time to do the podcast because... I love hearing the stories about how people got into professional wrestling. I do. Don't forget to check out our merch at What a Maneuver. You can buy merch there or you can head over to our own website. It's linked there as well. 
cancrusher69.wixsite, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com backslash cancrushers. We have a couple sites there where you can buy some merch and all that cool stuff. And then when you want really cool stuff, not that ours isn't the coolest, you can check out Collar and Elbow. Hats, hoodies, tees, all the cool stuff that Al Snow and his crew at CollarNowWrestlingBrand.com are making. When you go to check out, use the promo code CANCRUSHERS. All one word, capital C and CAN, capital C and CRUSHERS. You'll save 10% and you'll help out the show as well. Alright, that's enough of me rambling. I didn't give you guys a lot in this intro because you need to hear it from Vet. Adams, right after Al Snow, she's coming on the air. So here comes Al, and then Vets right around the corner. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Welcome back to Can Crusher Spotlight. You heard at the beginning of the show how excited I am to have my guest on. She is an inspiration. I'm going to bring down the fourth wall of the podcast already. We spent about 10 minutes prior to the show just chatting a bit. And if I could reach through the phone right now and give her a hug, I love this lady already. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Vet Adams. How are you, dear? Thank you so much. I'm doing so good. Um, I, I'm really excited to be on this show. Thank you for having me. No problem. I do hate you, though, because you're in Georgia, and it's probably about 70 down there right now, and in Pennsylvania, oh it's still goodness. 20. It is so nice. I'm sitting on my front porch in a rocking chair, enjoying the weather with a throw blanket on my lap. It is wonderful. And I, I live in Atlanta, and this weather is just very delightful today. And we have the old wood burners and the, the heaters cranked up to about 90 and my wife has extra blankets on. We're we're sick of this up here. We're ready to move. Are, do you have a basement we can live in for a little bit? You know, I actually do live in a duplex and the downstairs apartment might be going up for rent soon. Kelly, I know you listen to these when they come out every Wednesday. There it is. There is our invitation to move to Georgia. We We both love it down there. How close are you to a peach tree? That's pretty important to me. Okay, how close am I to a peach tree or to the peach tree? Any of the peach trees. I just need peaches every day of my life. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so in Georgia, right, um, there are peach tree streets everywhere. Um, like, like Not like an actual physical like peach tree itself. Like we, we do have uh, plots and stuff, but those are kind of hidden and you can't really get to them from the roads. But like Peachtree Road and Peachtree Street, I mean, they're everywhere. It's confusing in Atlanta because there are so many peach trees. Okay. I would find those plots. That's one thing about us northerners. I'll say it this way that we scheme once in a while. We'll, we'll go deep into the woods and find if, we, if we're looking for something, we're going to find it. 
<laughs> you want those peaches. We did buy those peaches. Even though we don't grow a one of them up here, we bought them someplace. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Georgia peaches are amazing. I, uh, I grew up in um, the country on a horse farm, and there was a little produce stand right down the street from my uh, dad's farm. And uh, they had the most incredible fruits and veggies. And when it was peach season, oh, my goodness, they were delightful. You didn't think you were coming on a wrestling podcast talking about peaches today, did you? You know what? I I did not expect that. No, I didn't. No. (laughs) You wait until we actually uh, calm down. Once once we hit the the high note and we have to bring it back down, the the questions do get stupider, by the way. They really do. Yeah, good. Oh, great. (laughs) <laughs> be excited i look forward to it good 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 um so you said you grew up on a horse farm uh essentially then were are you, were you in rodeos and so on and so forth yes actually um i grew up on a horse farm and i grew up breaking horses and fixing harleys and uh that was just the normal um you know i grew up riding horses riding bulls riding motorcycles and um you know that was just what we did. It it wasn't crazy. It wasn't, you know, anything new or exciting. It was just normal. You know, um, it wasn't until I, um, actually moved to the city of Atlanta that I found out being a female motorcyclist is, is more of like a rarity. Um, I moved to the city and people would see me on my motorcycle and just gawk and stare and their jaws would hit the floor being a female motorcyclist. Um, but honestly, I, that was just how I was brought up, you know, that we just, you know, grew up, you know, riding motorcycles, riding bulls, shooting guns, country cattle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that a, that's normal. not a norm up here. There, there's a ton of people. We, I'm one of my best friends, girlfriends choose snuff. I mean, people are like, oh my God, that's, that's us that you want to talk about. Uh, I'll say it. This is not vet saying you want to talk about redneck. That's us up here. You know, the girls yeah. choose snuff, <laughs> drink beer and, and ride, uh, quads and motorcycles and stuff and it's an everyday occurrence so it's, yep, it's yeah. normal and uh you know i actually i'm very thankful for this now um when i was a kid i grew up barefoot and i actually stayed barefoot the majority of my early um, adult life just because i genuinely just enjoyed feeling the dirt in the grass between my toes and i'm you know i used to always get a bunch of trouble and a bunch of you know heat for always being barefoot Um, but now that I look back, I'm glad that I did. I'm glad that I stayed barefoot because now that I only have one foot, you know, I'm glad I took that opportunity to feel all those, you know, blades of grass and leaves and little clumps of dirt. Yeah. And and nice little tease there. We haven't said anything yet, but nice little tease. You, you you do only have one (laughs) foot right now, along with one other thing. Uh, so that's where you lost me, though, about being barefoot. I hate, first of all, first and foremost, I would understand where you're coming from. And I hate feet. I, I, I am one of those guys. <laughs> if I don't have socks on, I have Crocs on right now in front of my, in, in my house, just because. Do you have Crocs with the socks? Crocs with the socks, and the Crocs also oh, have the no. liner. And first of all, it's cold again. Remember, let's go back to that. It's cold. Oh, yeah, you got the fuzzy liner Crocs. Of course I do. Of course. I'm, nice, not, I'm that ones. guy. Right. <laughs> so you're you're training to be a referee slash wrestler wrestler slash referee and yeah you have i'm um nick I'm patrick in your corner at, 
Deep South Wrestling. And um, Nick Patrick, you're right, is my my personal trainer. Um, I have been training with Deep South for about two years now to be a professional wrestler. And I really started focusing on refereeing in um, the past few months. And um, yeah, my, my career as a referee is starting to take off. Do you like the referee aspect more than wrestling or are we still going to get both out of you? So I, you never know what could happen and when. So first of all, let's start off with that. Right. (laughs) Um, but I, I'm pursuing both. I really enjoy wrestling and I like having that skill set. Um, but I really enjoy refing. You know, I, I get the best seat in the house. I, I get to, I'm, I'm in charge of the ring. You know, I, I, uh, I get to see the action and I got, I get to be a part of the, the storylines and I, I, I get to be an addition to the match. Um, and I also, you know, just kind of stay out, out of the way so that way they can highlight their own match. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed being a referee and, um, to, to be honest with you, I'm incredibly inspired by Nick Patrick's career as a referee, you know, not only because he's my trainer and mentor, but because like his story and like everything that he did and oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to do a little deep dive on Nick, Pat- Nick Patrick here in a minute because he is one of the greatest. I, I'm sure yes. you'll say he is the greatest, but he, he's been engulfed in so many storylines and he would be a great talk, and oh my god, he he's he's just legendary. He really is. He is absolutely legendary. The stories that he has, Nick. So Nick Patrick is a great storyteller, by the way. <laughs> Good to know. Good to yes. know. Nick Patrick is a great storyteller, and his stories, like what he's seen, what he's done, what he's experienced. I mean, they're just wild. Yeah, he could have his own podcast just telling his own stuff, and people would like just subscribe and throw money at him, I'm sure. Because Look, he's you're not wrong. I know. You're not wrong. We uh we were discussing maybe uh Deep South starting a uh podcast for patrons. Um and uh uh we're we're discussing it. We haven't gotten to the point of doing it yet, but it, it is in the works. It should be in the works because Deep South has a deep history as well. So let's talk a little bit about Deep South without giving your big announcement. Uh, I know if you're a Deep South wrestling fan, you know what's coming up this weekend. But those that are just going to happen to trickle down to Georgia this weekend, uh, Vet will tell you more in a minute. But Deep South, I mean, I've watched Deep South. I I guess there's a a little bit of a resurgence coming out with Deep South right now. Yes, absolutely. Um, so Deep South Wrestling is presenting a, a professional wrestling event next Friday, March 4th, um, at Mix CD Studio, Mix Deity Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, it is going to be free for the public. And um, it, it's, you know, we're just going to have our doors open and we want to put on a barn burner of a show. Um, and that is, yeah, this, uh, next, next, fr- this upcoming Friday, March 4th. Yeah. And, and we'll get into the, the couple of reasons here in a little while, because if you follow deep South, you know, again, the history of it. And then it's also linked to you because there's a heck of an anniversary involved. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. 
Uh, <laughs> so we talked about you being a ref a little bit. Wrestler now. Would a... Uh, I know you you love it, and you're taking over the referee kind of standard down there as well, but how much training are you still putting in on the wrestling aspect? So um, at this point, I've really focused on the refereeing. Um, so whenever I go to training, like, of course, I still do my roll-ups, and I still you know, practice my spots and I still do the drills. So I stay, you know, up on my wrestling. I just have been really focusing on my refereeing. Okay. And this would be the spot now that I would ask you about your favorite wrestlers when you grew up. But I know, <laughs> I know that wrestling has come to you and it's deep enough into the podcast now that we can reveal what's going on. Um, you didn't find wrestling until a little bit ago. Let's just put it at that. Maybe two, three years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. So I, I grew up, like I said earlier, on a horse farm, you know, out in the country. And so we really didn't watch TV. You know, if uh, me and my brothers or sisters ever got bored, um, you know, and run up to my mom and say, hey, mom, we're bored. She'd just be like, go outside and chase the chickens coming at me saying you're bored. (laughs) (laughs) So we did. So we went outside and chased chickens. And, um, you know, we we really didn't watch TV growing up. And I kind of took that with me into adulthood. You know, Um, I I don't watch TV very often. I I am not kept up on all of the TV shows. Um, So I I didn't grow up um, watching TV, which inherently means I didn't grow up watching professional wrestling either um you know what little tv we did see as a kid was you know on sundays when my dad would watch nascar <laughs> right there's nothing wrong with it it was different back there's in the day nothing wrong with that no and he's he, back in the day like he still doesn't do it well he <laughs> does but i've given up on it i'll put it that right. way yeah and uh so uh, uh, I didn't watch wrestling until, um, after, uh, my motorcycle accident, which, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about. And, uh, whenever I was introduced to it, I was introduced to Ric Flair's retirement match against Shawn Michaels. Unbelievable and match to watch for your first match. Unbelievable. I, I, I completely just fell in, I mean, love the, the power, the splendor, the emotion, the, I mean, I didn't even fully understand the entirety of the storyline, but I, I understood enough, you know, coming in as a, as a newbie watching wrestling, like they, they covered it and they really hit the feelings and they really hit the spots and it was intense and it was amazing. And I was inspired. Um, you know, so I actually pursued it. And, w- and what I mean by I was inspired is, oops, I'm sorry. I just keep going back into my no. motorcycle accident. No, we're getting there. We're right after this wrestling match and a couple questions I have. We're going to the, the, the motorcycle accident. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So uh, uh, I, like I said, uh, I didn't see it until after, after my motorcycle accident. And I had felt so down um, and I, I really felt like life had caked me down. And then whenever I saw, you know, these athletes on TV, you know, so confident and so sure of themselves, I was like, you know what? I used to be like that. I want to find that confidence again. I want to be sure of myself again. I'm going to pursue this. So I did. Who showed you that match and how does that come about after your accident? Because I know where you are. Um, 
just from talking to you a little bit and, and doing some research, I know where you are before we get into the rest of the people listening right now. Who says, Vet, you have to watch this because you're laid up right now. <laughs> no, um, it was actually uh, so... I was uh, dating a high school wrestling coach at the time, and he really enjoyed professional wrestling as well. And so I told him, if you were to show me one match that made me makes me understand wrestling, what would you show me? So that way I could understand what you enjoy about this. Will you show me what you love? And then he did, and I fell in love too. Uh, I I don't care where you are with this man right now but thank you to him because that, that is one of the greatest matches it, it being yeah, in- no he he actually um he's actually training at deep south wrestling oh, now too see that um because at, at the time you know we, we were seeing each other and he showed me this match i fell in love i was inspired so i started doing the footwork and the research and i started you know getting my feelers out there to find a professional wrestling school so i found deep south and you know i i got in connections with them and i started training and then he followed that's cool that that's a great story within itself and that's not even a story that we want to tell you guys here on it yeah, and he's he's doing great. He's still training at Deep South Wrestling. He's got his very first live show coming up this summer. Um, he's doing a great job. Cool. Maybe we'll have uh, him stop by Can Crushers soon. Game on. I'll give him your contact. Cool. All right. Uh, we've teased it enough. Not really. Not that it's a tease, guys. Get ready. Um, get your tissues out because. Vet recently did another podcast, uh, Bury the Ring, Is it what was it called? Bury the Gimmick. Bury the Gimmick, yeah, Bury the Gimmick. Um, I found it, I, I listened to it, I, I paused it about halfway through, I was driving down the road in the garbage truck when I heard this, so I, I kind of had to like, man up, I'm a garbage man, settle down, Mark, you're not going to cry, everybody knows <sighs> I cry, by the way, Vet. everybody that's ever listened to Can Crushers knows uh, I can cry <laughs> from stubbing my toe. So you found wrestling in the most, and I'm trying to play it off a little bit, but I I know it's not, the most unorthodox way, uh, essentially, Um, because you were in your deathbed, to put it bluntly. Yes, yes. I, uh, so, uh, my motorcycle accident, um, so what had happened was, um, I was riding my motorcycle in March 2019, And um, I was riding through the city of Atlanta and a car decided that they wanted to turn left, you know, right through me. Um, So I I got hit by a car. Um, I lost my leg and I actually lost my life as well. Um, I was a DOA, um, which means death on arrival. And... I am incredibly lucky to be able to sit here and talk to you today. Um, I was resuscitated not only once, but successfully resuscitated twice. Um, I have a really bad traumatic brain injury that uh, killed the C6 portion of my brain. So now I have a condition called strabismus, um, which essentially gives me cross eyes and gives me diplopia, which means double vision. And she's, so, do, and she's doing all this in a wrestling ring now, guys. 
Yes. So it, it wasn't until after my, my motorcycle accident when I was, you know, I'd lost my leg and I was seeing double of everything that I, I started to train. Um, I, I started to train to wrestle within my first year of having a prosthetic. Like I was, I was walking for maybe six or eight months and then I jumped in a ring. And is that um, to do a, a bit of a rewind when you were, when you were down uh, it, that's when your boyfriend at that time then showed you wrestling and said, maybe a story like Flair and HBK can pump you back up or something like that. Yeah, no, it was, um, it, it was more, um, me being interested in what interested him. Um, but, uh, it, it wasn't like he was trying to give me a pick me up. It was just a, uh, happy coincidence that it, it hit my heart the way that it did. Um, I, I don't think either one of us were expecting me to, to be, you know, so inspired by it. Um, but I was, I, you know, losing a limb, you don't just lose a body part. Okay. And that sucks. That sucks. It hurts. It's hard. It sucks. I'm not downplaying that part, but like, you know, you struggle with so many other battles too with like your sense of independence uh your sense of identity um your your what makes you who you are what makes you happy you know what drives you now um because before i used to just be driven by my you know career in veterinary medicine and i was driven by my friendships and everyday life and i was driven by um my uh, motorcycle group that I was a part of. I was a, I was the head bitch in charge of a female only motorcycle group called the Lady Fingers in Atlanta. That's awesome! And shout oh, it out was to so them. Great. Oh yeah, shout out to them. We did we did so many amazing things in and for this city. Um, but you know, I was motivated by all of that, and then to, uh, you know, be hit down and you know, be so fiercely independent previously because I was fiercely independent. Um, I didn't ask nobody for nothing. And then to be in a position where I have to ask for help and I asking for help is so hard. Um, it, it's, it's so demoralizing and it really makes you question your being. And so I was really struggling with my identity, my independence, you know, my sense of self. And when I saw this match, I saw how confident Flair was. I, I saw, you know, how sure fire and sure step Shawn Michael was. And, um, I, I, I don't know, like it really like it, it reminded me of a time when I was at the top of my career and the top of my motorcycle, you know, gang and like the, 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 the top of my, you know, involved in communities. And like, I, I was, I was thriving and then I got hit and I wanted to, to meet that point of thriving again. And, um, so I just chased it and, in hopes that it would give me some sort of satisfaction. And it has, I mean, empowered me so much yeah. not just not just the um the uh wrestling aspect of it not just the refereeing aspect of it um but uh nick patrick is actually teaching me the ropes in deep south wrestling 
Um, I am learning how to run office. Um, I'm learning how to book shows. I am learning how to run an event. And that is just, I mean, it's incredible to be able to work with such a legendary company and for them to have so much faith and trust in you, you know, in, in me. Yeah. Uh, you just blown my mind right now because so you possibly the predecessor of Deep South Wrestling. Is that what we're saying? Are, are you the uh, next Stephanie McMahon, the the next uh, Triple H? I mean, you know, Nick, you, uh, Nick you're not you never young. Know <laughs> what could happen and when? You never know what could happen and when. Right. Uh, now, and uh, you know, Nick might be sixty one, but he's still got it. Oh man. God, he's better. He's in better shape than me. He, by sixteen years, he'll it. kick my ass. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, he still goes to the gym and like he he still gets in the ring. Um, he, he still got it. Let's remember. We're actually going to a, um, we're actually going to a show tomorrow in, uh, uh, Warner Robins, Georgia. And he is, uh, uh, the special guest referee for their, um, controversial main event, uh, that they've been, they've been fighting for this championship belt and like, uh, you know, goons keep goofing up and, you know, you know, bad guys pulling bullshit and you know good guys not quite able to get the win it's it's been a struggle and nick is stepping in to officiate it so none of the goons you know get involved again they have to bring the heavy back in to uh take control essentially yes 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 they they needed the boss man and nick is boss he's boss boss bitch he is is boss my gosh i have a I, I've seen Nick have to have some pretty hard conversations um, with uh, people at past shows, and I'm telling you what, I would never want to get on his bad side. No, uh, just being a TV personality, I wouldn't want to get on his bad side. I, I don't know him as well as you, or at all, but uh, yeah, he, he portrays it as he'll punch you in the face and ask questions later. No, absolutely. Like that's that's not wrong. That is not wrong. Nick is a bad, bad man. But you know what? He's also he's also a really incredible trainer. Like, um, so with me having all of my disabilities, you know, I'm on one leg. I, I had cross eyes, you know. I did have surgery to to correct my cross eyes, so they're they're back aligned again. But um, you know, whenever I first uh, when I first presented myself to him, um you know, I got really sick after my motorcycle accident and I was a grown ass woman down to 80 pounds. Oh my God. Yeah. I was grown and I was down to, I was so skinny and I had cross eyes and I had one leg, but I wanted it, you know, and I came to him and I was just like, I want to train. I want to do better. I want to gain weight. I want to, you know, be, you know, able to coordinate myself. And, and he was like, all right, let's do it. And, um, he had me in the ring with the rest of the boys. He, you know, he did not give me special treatment because I was disabled. He, he expected the same out of me as everyone else. And I loved that. I'm, I'm so thankful he didn't give me any special treatment. He didn't, he didn't look down on me. He, he, he saw me for me and he, he has pushed me to get the best out of me. And he, he's so patient and he's brilliant. Um, like for example, hip tosses are hard for me. Um, and, uh, whenever you 
give a hip toss, uh, your opponent's weight actually bears down on your right leg a lot. And, um, when I give a hip toss, I, it's hard for me to, to have both my weight and my opponent's weight into the stub of my socket. Um, so what we've done to, to work around that is we've manipulated it. You know, we, we've just manipulated the moves. So now I can do the same thing just in a little bit different way. And it looks even better. It looks just as crisp, just as clean, just different, you know? Right. And there's nothing wrong with different. There there really is not nothing wrong with different. Yeah. And like, it, I don't know. It's, he's so brilliant. He, he's honestly a wrestling mastermind. I just, you know, we just wrote up, uh, the show for, uh, resurgence and he is a wrestling mastermind. He's, I mean, I, I'm so lucky that he is my mentor. Yeah, let's let's rewind a little bit. Let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind, a little bit more about the accident and the, kind of the the months after. How you were in a coma? Uh, if you were DOA, yes. you had you had to have been in a coma for Absolutely. how long? I was in a coma for about two two weeks, a little over two weeks. You know, have you talked, mom, dad? Have you talked about you know? what they thought then without, oh, without getting too graphic, I guess. And if you don't yeah. want to talk about it, we can skip over this, but like, no, what no. were their thoughts? I mean, their daughter's essentially dead. And that, that, yeah. that, this is the part that breaks my heart. Yeah. And it gets worse than that. Oh my goodness. Uh, Mark, it, it actually gets worse than that. Um, so I lost my mom three months before I lost my leg. God, I'm sorry. Um, I lost my mom the previous December to stage four metastatic breast cancer. And she, she fought hard and she fought long and, you know, but the cancer just took over and her, when, when she decreased or declined, she very rapidly declined. And it was, it was really hard to watch, you know, and be there with her through all of that. And, um, you know, we lost her in December and then I, so like I had said previously, I had worked in a veterinary hospital. So I was the lead internal medicine veterinary technician at one of three specialty hospitals in the entire state of Georgia. And, um, I actually, after losing my mom, I resigned from my uh, position from lead internal medicine tech because I didn't feel like. I had it in me to provide the quality care that they needed. I was so broken. I was so, I, I emotionally couldn't be there mentally, you know, for my patients. And so I, I recognized that and I stepped down. And as soon as I stepped down, um, you know, I was getting ready to, to go back to work at a primary care um, office because primary care is a lot easier to deal with than internal medicine. You know, primary care, I see puppies and kittens and I give vaccinations and ear infections. But internal medicine, I'm seeing, you know, cancer right. again. And um, so I was about to pick up my job, um, another job at a general practice hospital. And then I got hit by a car. So obviously I couldn't, you know, pursue that job, but, uh, uh, man, I got distracted. Uh, what was the point of me telling you this? We, we were going, 
and now I, I let me let me pause for a second. I, I understand the whole mom thing because in 2019, uh, my mom was having a hernia surgery, and a lot of the can crusher guys know this, but I'll tell the story for those that are listening now. Uh, my mom was having a hernia surgery, and she had her bowel hit, and mm. they didn't discover the sepsis for like three days until after that. So essentially they couldn't do anything. Um, I, that day I quit my job and I sat by my mom for 11 days because they pretty much told me she's, we can't do anything. Uh, so I sat by my my mom for 11 days until she passed and then not poor me or anything, uh, bounce back like you did, but you just mentally, you're not prepared to do anything. You just, yeah. it's a, it's a mental health issue, trauma. And I want to talk about that because that's a huge thing on our show too, to talk about mental health. Yeah. Um, yeah, please. Uh, so I, I just, I tapped out for three months. I'm like, I, nope, I, I just watched my mom die. My best friend in yeah. the world. And I, so I understand, I understand that. And I'm sorry I didn't do my, my research about that, uh, to bring mom back no, up. I'm heartbroken it's okay. again. I, I, uh, I'm an open book and, you know, these things that have happened, they hurt, but like they've, they've built me to be me. And I'm very lucky that I had my mom in my life for as long as I did. Um, I'm very lucky that I learned the things from her that I did. Um, so it, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to talk about her, you know, it's, it's really nice memories that I get to reminisce in, you know? Yeah, no, I agreed. Uh, agreed. If you ever want a, a great reminiscing story, we did a tribute about my mom. Um, it was right after her, her funeral and all the can crusher guys came up and legit. We sat around and drank a lot. I won't even tell <laughs> you, but the stories that came out of my best friends, uh, it, I go back to that and listen to it to it all the time it's great just to listen about my mom yeah so yeah oh i love that for you i love that you did that you know she was a wrestling fan she loved magnum ta but not that you know who the hell that's at because that's way before your time yeah um but yeah so i i i i did lose her about three months before i lost my leg and um my my dad i feel the worst for so um my dad watched his wife of 30 years pass away. And then three months later, his daughter gets into a life-threatening motorcycle accident. Um, you know, while I was in a coma for those two or more weeks, um, they never knew if I was ever going to wake up. Um, they, they didn't know that I was even going to be mentally cognizant. They, they didn't think I'd even be able to have a conversation. Um, but, uh, when I did wake up from my, my coma, my, my dad was right there, like right by me. Um, he was the very first person that I saw. And I remember waking up and being in the ICU and like to the blinding lights, uh, you know, above me. And I'm just like, Oh my God. And, um, I, I looked over at my dad and I was just like, what happened? Where am I? What the hell is going on? And he was just like, um, he was like, baby girl, you got into a motorcycle accident. Um, you've been in a coma for, you know, more than two weeks and, um, you have lost your leg. 
And I, you know, I'm on so many pain medicines at this point. I'm just like, no, I didn't. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm stubborn and I'm like, I'm high on pain meds. I'm just like, it's still there. And I look down and it's not, it's gone. And, um, he was like, are you going to be all right in a prosthetic? And I was like, I'm going to be more than all right. I'm going to be the best. And he was just like, yeah. And I was just like, yeah. So now what? I've lost my leg. Now what? Wow. Uh, yeah. And like I was just ready, ready to take the next step, you know? Literally. Literally. Yeah. Take the ne- I mean, <laughs> that was your own pun. So how, oh, yeah. how long after, you know, you're up and about not at ICU that you get your prosthetic and you essentially learn to walk again? So I was in the ICU for about three or four months. Um, I got discharged to a traumatic brain injury center for about another six or eight. Um, And so in the rehabilitation center is whenever I started, you know, learning um, how to hop on a walker and how to push myself around in a wheelchair. Um, It wasn't until after I get discharged from the rehabilitation center that my stub had healed up enough to even get a prosthetic. Um, because I had so much, um, road rash, um, my road rash is actually what took the longest to heal. Um, you're not allowed to wear a prosthetic if you have any open wounds on your stub. So like my, you know, my, my surgery site, it healed up and everything, but the road rash was just vicious and it took, it took at least eight, almost 10 months to heal up. So I didn't get size. I didn't even get size for a prosthetic for like 10 months. So I'm stuck in a wheelchair this entire time, which is incredibly degrading. Um, it, it doesn't put, when you're used to living your life on two feet and being so independent and then just to be forced to sit in a chair and, you know, rely on others around you, like it just feels I would love to talk to anyone who wants to speak to me about it because I have lots of feelings and emotions about it. I understand so much. Um, it, it, it feels capturing. Um, and, um, but, uh, yeah, so it took me about 10 months to get even sized for a prosthetic and relearning how to walk as an adult is really hard. Like it's, it, it's it's weird because it's not like you're on your own legs. You're on like the stilt now. You're on one of your legs and then you're on a stilt. So it's you're you're wearing two different shoes essentially. You know. Yeah, I understand and that analogy. I do. Yeah. W- one of them happens to be a stiletto, the highest stiletto you ever did see. <laughs> 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 and um. So it it took me another half year to really be able to walk. And then as soon as I got walking down, I jumped straight into the ring and started running the ropes. That's crazy. And that's unbelievable within itself because there's people that I've had on the show that it takes them six months to a year to learn the bounce of the canvas and the ropes. And here you are, a couple weeks after you get your prosthetic, you're freaking super fry Jimmy Snuka. You know, and I think the bounce of the ring is really because, like, because of my prosthetic, you know, there, there's no like hydro. I have a fixed ankle, so my ankle is locked at 90 degrees. Um, and there's no hydraulics, there's nothing like that. I don't have an athletic prosthetic because insurance doesn't want to pay for it. 
that's a whole other conversation. What? That's a true story. Insurance doesn't want to pay for it. That's it. That's it. I don't have an app. I I wrestle on a regular walking prosthetic because insurance doesn't want to pay for me to get an athletic prosthetic. U.S. human health healthcare system is awful. Um, that's another conversation for another day. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, yeah, I don't have hydraulics in this. So whenever I got into the ring and I got like the bounce of the canvas, um, it, it was kind of, it kind of awoke something in my brain. Like, oh, this is familiar. Oh, this feels kind of normal. Okay. So it actually, because it was triggering like old sensors in my brain for how my leg used to work because it was kind of feeling like that again, it, it was actually not, I mean, it's hard, it's hard, but finding the bounce in the ring helps. Okay. Does that make any sense at all? I'm joking, but no, because I have two legs. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. No, uh, no, no okay. but I understand. No, but I understand because if I would put a leg up and walk with a, a, a I don't know what I'm trying to think of a piece of wood right now or something. It would have to bounce, but after a minute, you would you would understand, you know? I, yeah, yeah. And I I don't mean that mean. I was just kind of rolling with I a little bit, but uh, I yeah. don't take it mean at all. Thank you for being honest, completely honest. Because honestly, a lot of the times where I ask someone like, "Does that make sense?" You know, if they don't understand it, they'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, I understand completely." No, I, and I, I'm I, like, "But I do don't. you?" No, I don't. <laughs> I. I and I hate to say it that way, but no, I, I don't understand it. It would only be another person that has a prosthetic that could understand it. Well, thank you for saying that. I don't I don't think you understand how many people I do run into on a day-to-day that are just like, yeah, I understand completely. Actually, I broke my leg this one time, <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, okay, here we go. You know what? You're, exactly. You're doing the best that you can, and I appreciate you trying. That's all I can ask is thank you for trying. Yeah, no, not at uh, because I, I, a lot of people actually don't handle my disability very well. Um, a lot, uh, and that's sad. That's another podcast within it. Yeah, you can go off on it, but that's another whole podcast. I told you uh, before we went on the air. You you have the the whole realm of whatever you want to talk about, and I mean that. Run as long as you want, but that is another podcast to talk because people are ignorant. Yeah, we could absolutely talk for an entire hour about that. Um, the, the way people treat, talk, look at me, just because I have a prosthetic leg, um, I it is it is difficult. And, um, and you know, they, they don't they don't mean to be um, they don't mean to be assholes by it. And and what I mean by that is like no one thinks that they're a bad person. No one thinks that they're doing wrong. They think that they're acting respectfully towards the other person. So. Um, as an example, um, you know, whenever you're a kid and you see something different or weird, your mom smacks you in the face and it's like, don't stare, don't stare. Yep. You know? I've been so, here a lot, by the way. Yeah. And people take that into adulthood with them. So now they think it's shameful to look. It's shameful to address. It's shameful to, to accept that this is what is in this space right now. So what they do is when they take that into adulthood with them, they won't look at my prosthetic. They won't even look at me. So they just ignore my existence because my because my existence makes them so uncomfortable because they've been slapped so many times as a kid as not to stare. So they think they think they're doing they think they're being respectful. They think that by not looking at me, 
they're being respectful and they think that, you know, that makes me not feel like I'm a sideshow. But honestly, it makes me feel worse when I'm ignored. When like I'm not even considered a person anymore with thoughts and feelings because of I just have something on my body that makes other people uncomfortable sometimes. That brings up two questions. Mm-hmm. One, uh, answer them however you want. But one, would you, if somebody comes over and asks you, just a, a normal Joe outside of you know Taco Bell or whatever, and says, "Hey, what happened?" Are you open? I mean, clearly you are because you're telling me that we've never met before, but it's going to the masses. Are you completely open to tell them your complete story like you're telling us right now? Yeah, so not so sometimes yes, sometimes no. So if I'm just at Taco Bell and someone's just like, hey, what happened? I'll be like, I got into a motorcycle accident. And typically it's like, oh, okay. And then we, you know, part ways. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm talking to the boys in the locker room and someone asks, hey, what happened? Then then I, because I have that time, will sit down and I'll talk to them about it. I have no problem. Um, I actually uh, refereed a uh, uh, my first live event the other weekend at Old School Wrestling. And I met... Um, this fan in the crowd, she came up to me after the show, uh, she had one leg and, uh, she came up to me and she was like, you know what? Like, I'm so thankful that I came to the show. It was so encouraging to see you work like you, how long did it take you to get to this point? I'm so inspired. Thank you. And, um, that, that really meant a lot. Uh, and I started talking and I got distracted. Oh man. What is, what is the point of my story? It, that that right there was the point of your story. There, there doesn't need to be any more. I'm not trying to cut you off, but that does that that fan right there. You know that's been going to wrestling forever in her life, probably just yeah. was feeling down, and now all of a sudden, and I'm going to say it, a, a superhero comes out of backstage like you that is showing people that it's okay. You still yeah. you're alive. You're I, I hate to say this like this, but I think no. you're more alive now than you were when you had two legs. And I hate it. I agree with you. Okay. I agree with you fully. Thank you so much for seeing that. I, I really appreciate it. And like, I, I felt really good talking to her at the show. She was just like, thank you so much. Like you aren't, that makes me, you know, feel better about my situation. And we talked, we talked for about 30, 45 minutes. We got pictures together um, and she is actually coming to resurgence. See, and you're networking yep. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all part of the Look wrestling business. Yeah. Uh, the second question I have to follow up on that, and we are happy right now, but I'm going to be the Debbie Downer with all of this. How much does mental health now come into? I. I I think you might have had a little bit, and you probably still have a, a little bit clinging on, but you pushed a lot away because there's people that this could have happened to, and they're content, that wheelchair, or they're content yeah. just going to a home or something, and you're like, F this. Yeah, I'm stubborn. Ooh, I'm too stubborn. <laughs> But um, no, uh, so mental health is a, I'm a huge advocate for mental health. So um, I still have a traumatic brain injury. That is something that I'm going to have to live the rest of my life with. Um, so I, I do struggle with getting lost in stories like I have with you on the podcast. You know, yes. I'll forget my points. I'll get lost. I'll forget. 
That's my um, life. That's my wife. That's my life in general. <laughs> so I'm good. You're you're like my second wife all of a sudden. You know what? Yeah, I got an excuse at least. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. All yeah, of a no sudden, problem. you're her best friend. You're great. You know, <laughs> I'm on her team. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, I. And then also with the trauma that everything has, you know, that I've endured, um, I actually see my psychiatrist once every three months. We have uh, me medically managed on a really awesome, um, you know, of like um, uh, SSRIs, which is an antidepressant and um, a mood swing stabilizer. And also I take um, a stimulant to help with my cognition. Um, because of my TBI, if I don't take the stimulant, I can be a little slow, a little sluggish, you know, not really on point, but the stimulant helps pick me up to where I'm at regular speed. Um, so, um, I see my psychiatrist and we're on, uh, and I'm medically managed, um, with her, uh, regularly. And then I also go in to see my therapist once a week. Um, I still see her once a week. Um, you know, my accident was two, almost three years ago, but I still talk to her all the time about it. Um, I still, you know, struggle, deal with, face, you know, the adversities that comes with being disabled. And my therapist has been there for me through so much and helped me navigate and understand and find words and coping mechanisms. And, um, you know, honestly, understanding is a lot of the battle and she helps me understand a ton. So uh, I'm going to put words in your mouth. Yeah. It's okay to have good and bad days. Your good yeah. days are going to come essentially because that's, I'm in that same boat. There, there's a off air. I can tell you a, a load of stuff we'll save it for another podcast here, but off air, there, there's a load of stuff. So yes, uh, every two weeks I'm the same way. I, I go to a therapist. I talk to them. I, I'm, I'm medicated for things. Moms at you, mom passing away, not issue. Moms passing away, uh, kind of riled everything back up for, so yeah. for the last couple of years, I I was in a in a cloud in a web and it took me six months after that to you know having my wife beat me down and friends say just go talk to somebody we yeah we'll, we'll listen but we know you don't want to burden us with it so go get professional or you know go talk to a priest also, or something I love being there for my friends I I love being there for my friends and talking to them about their life issues but sometimes you know issues are just so tough or so complex that as a friend I'm not enough yeah. you know no, I, I agree support you but you know as a friend I'm not enough you need someone who is professionally trained to help navigate through this and um, I, I love suggesting for people to go seek um, mental help uh, health help. Uh, whether it's cognitive behavioral therapy, whether it's, you know, the eye movement thing, whether, you know, it's, it's, you know, medicated, holistic. I mean, unless you are paying rent and seeing a therapist, I don't think you're considered a, an adult. I think, yeah, I, I, I think agree. those are the two things that I qualify agree. you as an adult. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. In, in this because day and age, you, you not, need it. Yeah, if, if you aren't willing to look at yourself and be like, you know what, I've got things I could work on, then are you grown? Are you grown? I love that. Yeah. All right. We're going to transition a little bit because I'm heavy. 
Um, yeah, one, and I'm I'm happy to talk heavy conversations. Like I said, I love mental health. Uh, I'm a super big advocate. Um, yeah, I mean, I I'm sorry, I I, I stopped your transition. No, there, there was no transition. There, listen to enough of these. There's never a transition, dear. <laughs> uh, we we can dive more into this because there's going to be a trip to Atlanta. There's going to be a trip to Georgia. Yes. There, it's going to happen. Um, Yes, yes, yes. There, there, there's got to be. And I'm a hugger vet. I'll tell you that right off the bat. Oh, so too. be prepared. Be pre- oh, perfect. And, and I know my wife is going to fall in love with you after. So be prepared for friend requests and everything because she, oh, she's I a creeper. That. She's a creeper. She waits and sees, you know, what we talk about. If it's all just wrestling, eh, she's okay with it. But if we you get into what? something I might just like go this, find her and yeah. send her a friend request. Just be proactive, you know? Oh, she'll, <laughs> she'll freak out because she doesn't know I'm talking to you today. She just knows oh. it's an interview today. She doesn't know who it is. So, yes, do that as soon as we're done. Oh, game on. Game I on. love making new friends. Yes. All right. Uh, a lot more on that to come. We're, we're going to have a, a lot more in the Deep South. I have a feeling this is a, a budding relationship. But let's transition to more about vet in the wrestling business. But we're going to have our stupid conversation now. We all know this. Okay? This, yes. is, this comes up, and we kind of break the ice a little bit. So you're, you're hanging out with Nick Patrick all the time. All right, he, yeah. he's your homeboy. He was part of the NWO. So, would you rather be in the NWO Wolfpack or the original Black and White? And I, you're probably like, I don't know because I that was not even on my realm of watching wrestling yet. I it wasn't, but um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. I like Wolfpack, and it's a really superficial reason. Wait. I like I like sticking my fingers up and going woo. <laughs> Good. Okay, look, that's it. That's it. That's all I That's that's good enough for me. That that is really superficial, but I love it. I love it. You know, uh so it's 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 almost the rock hand, but it's not. It's cool. I don't know. I it's it's superficial. It's a dumb answer, but that's no, fine. It's, it's a great answer. This is see, I told you they get stupid. Wait, the last one is the stupidest. All right. Would you rather have Nick Patrick as your manager? when you're wrestling or the referee of the match and you can't have them both. Don't even give me this PC answer. Ooh, that's hard. Let me think about that one. Would I rather have Nick Patrick as my manager or the ref? And he could be a shady ref because he's been a shady ref before. Yeah, I know. Um, Honestly, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Oh, this is this is a good question. This is a really good question. This is hard because I would want him to ref, but I also know his mic skills, and he's such. Oh, this is so hard because Nick Patrick is a bad, bad man. Um. Wow. Wow. wow, this is this I, is a good question. <laughs> this is one to take to uh, Deep South then to ask all the kids. And I mean trainer, yeah. trainers, not just kids. God, that sounds horrible, but you know no, what I mean. No, no, no. It's the kids. It's wrestling lingo. You yeah. know, it's whatever. I didn't take any the, sort of Most way. of them are probably younger than me anyway, so those god darn kids. <laughs> you know what? I think that um, in this moment, um, you know, in, in this particular moment, I would say... I would want Nick Patrick to, uh, sorry, 
uh, I was, I was about to say it. And then I changed my answer. This is hard. <laughs> this is hard. It's okay. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm a baby face and I'm learning and I'm, you know, growing. So I think having him as a manager would teach me a lot and would show me the reins a lot. I, I was hoping uh, you would go there. I really was because as a ref, he, he, you know, he can be slimy and, you know, whatever, but that normally doesn't help you as a baby face. So yeah. the, the manager part would help you out because he can pull you to the side and, you know, you could learn a little sliminess. Yeah. And then yeah. turn on him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, yeah, I think Nick would be, uh, would, would be great for a manager, but you know, that, that's not to say that that's going to happen or anything like that. We, we've no, never had no, that no. conversation. No, no, This is all Plus, f- fantasy right now. Yeah. This is all fantasy. This is all fantasy. I, uh, I have, um, I have dreamed up different, uh, things, uh, whenever I first started wrestling, uh, different things for Nick to come out and, and say for me, uh, whenever I was just like, maybe Nick Patrick will be my manager when I was super new. And now that like, I know the business a lot more and I, I've been trained a lot more and I see a lot more. I'm just like, Nick Patrick's not going to be my manager. <laughs> no. No, I no. didn't even know that. So wait, I, I'm reading uh, Deep South's roster already, or uh, booking, or whatever. Yeah. Last one. Would you rather? And this one's a little bit heavier. Would you rather be able to, you know, ride the have have the 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 feeling of riding a motorcycle or a horse again with two legs? I I know you're back on the motorcycle already, right? Yeah, I am actually back on both. Oh, all right. Which yeah, one? Are, so, so essentially, which one do you miss more then? I I miss riding motorcycles more. I do. I was very active in my motorcycle community. Like I said, I was one of the HBICs, the Lady Fingers. We did amazing things for the city in the city. You know, we went. We traveled cross country. We we. I mean, I developed some incredible friendships and relationships, and just made an impact. Um, I. I felt very impactful being a part of the motorcycle community. Um, the, uh, the rodeo community is a little bit different and horseback riding equestrian is a little bit different in general. Um, but, um, and I, I love riding horses. I just really love riding motorcycles. Okay. Ready for the stupidest one that continues to be asked for on, on here, by the way. Uh, uh-huh. I, I didn't tell people you were coming on because this was kind of a surprise one, but normally when I leaked that, Hey, somebody's coming on, they're going to make sure you ask the question. And I'm like, Oh my God. All right. <laughs> What's your favorite cereal? What's my favorite cereal? Yeah. See? Damn. Uh, I don't really eat breakfast. Okay. But when you I did. Like- I like wake up at noon and eat lunch. <laughs> All right. Look, uh, having professional wrestling as a lifestyle, it's a it's a great way to live. You wake up at noon and eat lunch. Right, it is. It is. I want that. I'm tired of waking up at four o'clock in the morning. I really am. Oh, gross. Oh, gross. Yeah. Right. Uh, You're only going to bed then normally. Exactly. Yeah. I'm. I'm yeah. just settling down. But when you did eat cereal, what was your favorite? Because we have, we, if I don't get this, I'm going to get shit on by the people. When you did as a little child, what, the, what was your favorite cereal? And then tell me how you made it. Are you a sociopath or not? That's what we're getting um, to. Okay, okay. Um, I think 
I'm going to be a little wienerific and say that like Frosted Flakes or Raisin Bran was my favorite. That's okay. I, I, I like cleaner, healthier stuff. I don't really like sugar that much. Um, but uh, yeah, Frosted Flakes or Raisin Bran. Okay. Now, how did you make your cereal? This is this is the stupidest one. How did you make it? Like, what, give me the process of you making cereal in the morning. Or, okay. okay. So I pour the cereal into the bowl. And then I put the spoon in the bowl. Then I pour the milk over top of the cereal. And then I stir the cereal, uh, excuse me, into the milk. Sorry. Talking about foods, making me hungry. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. So no sociopathism there at all. That's okay. The, the, the stirring is the same thing of like letting it set for a couple extra seconds. But we, the reason is because we've had some wrestlers come on. And I don't know how this actually came about. Uh, full sale, continuous, a major question on can crushers that talk about beer a lot instead of cereal, but apparently I don't know. Um, somebody poured the milk in first and then the oh, cereal. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Sociopath, what a right? Crazy person. That yeah. is a heel move. Right. That is a heel move. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, on a rest day, what does Vet Adams do on a rest day? You're not going to the gym. You're not, you know, you're not going to do any film study or anything. What are some things that you just like to re- uh, unwind with? So Mondays are actually my me days. Every Monday, I have a me day. Um, and how how a uh, PC or not PC can I go? You can be un PC out the ass. So go ahead. <laughs> okay. So a little bit more about me and my personal life. And, you know, we can come back to it if you want to. We can just roll off of it if you want to. But um, so uh, me personally, I have a pet possum. Um, possum? And a po- wait, yes. an opossum. Yes, an opossum. Okay. I um I used to, whenever I worked internal medicine, I used to um, uh, do wildlife rehabilitation. And um, one summer, I was rehabilitating three litters of possums all at once. And one of the, and when you rehabilitate them, you don't want them to get used to humans. You want them to be fearful of humans, be aggressive towards humans. You want them to do better than get close to humans because humans are the worst things for them. Right. So when you raise them, you have to raise them to be feral. And um, so I was raising these possums to be feral possums. And um, one of the babies was too smart. She 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 latched onto me and she imprinted. She imprinted on me and she domesticated herself. So when I let all of her siblings out into the wild to be nice little feral possums like they're supposed to be, I I decided I would keep her as a domestic house possum because she was way too tame to release safely into the wild. She was way too sweet, way too docile. You know, she, she gave me kisses all the time. Like I couldn't in good conscience release her. So now I have a domestic little house possum who hangs out with me. She's got an exercise wheel. She's got a cat tree. She's got her veggies. She is set up. She is the most spoiled little possum ever. And um, on my Monday me days, um, all I do is hang out with my possum, water my plants, and just smoke a bunch of pot. Nice. That's yeah, I good that's, for you. That's all I do on my Monday me days is you know pots, plants, and possums. Do you? I, I'm jealous uh, oh, that you get Mondays off. By the way, but that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> 
to uh, the pot. Good for you. I- I'd love to, but there's this whole damn CDL thing going on that, you know, I, I can't, or if I-, well, I wouldn't pass a piss test. So there's yeah. that can't crush your nation. Two, uh, do you walk your possum? Do you like take to take to the park uh, or what? So I don't take her to the park because, um, okay, so it is, um, oh man, I shouldn't be saying this on a podcast, but here, the, here we go. Um, <laughs> Uh, it is illegal to house wildlife. It's not um, wild anymore. It's tame. She's not wild anymore, but she's an opossum. And, you know, and she once was wild. And I did, you know, she she imprinted. I didn't intentionally domesticate her. But after she imprinted and domesticated herself, I did, you know, go ahead and put my hands on her and, and, and continue the domestication. Um, so, like, it, it's. It's illegal for me to have her. Um, her name is Charlotte. Her name is Charlotte Flair. Are you um, effing kidding me? I'm you- so serious. <laughs> her name is little Charlotte Flair. And um, so I don't take Charlotte out to the bars or to the park or anything oh, like that. And also, to a bar. That's awesome. She she's not very social either. Be, you know, possums are naturally very anxious animals. They're very shy animals. They like to their own space and their own. So she she's not she's not like a dog where I could just walk out on a leash and she'd be okay in public. You know, she would get very anxious and it would make her not feel welcome or, or okay or easy. And um, also, I just. I just don't want to show off the fact that I have a possum. You know, it's cool and all, but she she's my baby. And a lot of people, like, you know, look at her and just think, oh, cool. But don't think, like, oh, she's, like, actually a little thing that I am protecting and nurturing. And who loves me? And um, I don't know. People get kind of rough with her sometimes because she looks aggressive. She's not aggressive. That's just how possums look. Do you bring do you bring the possum to the wrestling shows though? Like, can I no. meet little Charlotte Flair? Uh, no, I do not take her to wrestling shows. Uh, that would be very unsafe environment for her. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch her. The one that I come down to, I would watch her. I promise, I'll be good. I want to hold a yeah, she, you know. No, no, she, no. <laughs> she hates loud noises. She hates, she hates people. flashy lights. <laughs> she hates people. So I love Charlotte Flair. All of a sudden, now little Charlotte Flair. Yes, I'm little excited. Charlotte yeah. Flair. My that, little baby toe biter. That's awesome. Uh, I'm jealous of your Mondays, so we'll move on. Uh, how much how much wrestling like study are you doing? I, again, I'm not shitting on Nick Patrick at all. One of the greatest. But yeah. do you watch anybody else as a referee? Do you, do you go back and watch Earl Hebner? Do you watch anybody today that you're, you know, Aubrey Edwards or anybody like that? You know what? You just named the two names I was going to list off. Yes and yes. Um, so, yes, I go back and watch old tapes. And, yes, I, I watch, you know, these uh, new ones. And I love the personality that Aubrey Edwards has been bringing to the table. And they, you know, she she's wonderful to watch to work. She's, um, I mean, I I aspire to get to her level. You know, I absolutely have her as a goal. Um, <coughs> excuse me. My goal is a little different, though. Um, good transition, by the way, that was the next question. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Um, my, my goal is a little different though. Um, you know, I, I see where Aubrey Edwards is coming out as like a personality in, um, the wrestling community, but my goal is to kind of, um, have more of a Nick 
Patrick influence on the wrestling today's wrestling community. You know, like like Nick Patrick was a very influential referee and he he brought a lot of personality and he brought storylines and he brought interest and he 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 made people despise him. He made people cheer for him, but mostly despise him. And most people, and yeah. I I want that same reaction. I I want to bring that same you know, energy out of people. Um, so I want to, I want to take it a lot more old school than, um, uh, she has gotten the opportunity to do so far. Um, I, I don't know. I, this is me just talking out loud. Um, me and Nick Patrick have actually been discussing, um, this in our office meetings, um, you know, different ways that we can, you know, introduce that to the wrestling scene today nowadays because you know the the wrestling business it it changes super frequently it's 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 always the same but it's always changing yes agreed wholeheartedly yeah the, it's a lot to keep up with <laughs> yeah some storylines are rehashed new ones are brought up and, and so on and so forth like that but it it has to change because the, the, the world changes. And I, I don't mean the world changes as like what's going on all over the world, but fastness, uh, the, the yeah. mindset of people that are gnats. That's why if you don't do some big moves or, you know, have the high flyers, even though I'm not a big fan of the high flyers every match, yeah, you lose people. Yeah, Our attention absolutely. spans are shit anymore. And, you know, we're, we're used to looking a few seconds at a picture and just keep scrolling. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, um, I, no, I agree with that. Uh, absolutely. Like, you know, high flyers, they, they do have their spot, but you know, it, it's good to keep it meaningful. Old keep school. those spots. Storyline. Story. Yes. Well, that's, that's my next question. Describe the perfect wrestling match for you. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, um, I have, I have this dream okay um a perfect wrestling match is actually a royal rumble oh my god that's my favorite yeah. match of all time you you're now uh i don't know marking me out or you're yeah. are you throwing me underneath the bus or did you do some because that is, the royal rumble is the greatest match of all time you want to know why i want to do the royal rumble i, I do i can't lose you need two feet to go over the top buckle I hate and you. hit the ground. You <laughs> so you so worked me. I hate you. <laughs> That's amazing. No. Uh, when did you think of this? When did you? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I just I was joking around with Nick Patrick, and we are we are just busting each other's balls, and you know we said something along those lines, and I was like, you know what? That's not a bad idea. <sighs> I thought you were going to tell me this uh, huge storyline that you could never lose. Nope. It's just a Royal Rumble because, you know, I could never lose. You couldn't. You're right. You, you couldn't. You could you know. not. <laughs> um, <sighs> you know, people ask me all the time if I would ever allow someone to take my prosthetic you know, and do anything with it. Um, the answer is no. Good. Um, yes, the I, answer I, is no. That's untasteful, I think. It's incredibly untasteful. It is, it's disrespectful. It, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't 
symbolize the, the disabled community. I, I, I don't, I, I am a really big advocate for, you know, amputees and the disabled community. And like, you know, um, I don't feel like it makes them look good. Uh, besides that, um, I, I'm not taking my gimmick off for anybody. Um, but it's I, really, I hate that you, I actually hate that you said it's your gimmick because it's not, that's your livelihood. That's yeah, not yeah. your gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is who I am as a person. I just, um, what's really great about my story, um, my wrestling story in particular is that, um, you know, there, there are these characters and there are these different personas that, um, you know, that aren't exactly that, that person, you know? Um, but what's really great for, for what I've got is I get to be me just amped up to 11, you know, like my, you know, whereas like, um, Charlotte Flair is Ric Flair's daughter and also a whole lot of other titles. Um, right. you know, I, I, I get to take this misfortunate happening and twist it into something positive that reflects well on me. It, it makes me stand out from all of the other wrestlers. It, it puts me in a different spotlight. It, uh, it, so it, it's a part of me, but like, it's also a part of my gimmick. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a part of what I do. It's, it's, it's really awesome that, you know, I don't have to focus on pretending to be a persona when I can just amp myself up to 11. And then that is my character is me. Your character was built long ago. Uh, I, I, I don't know because I haven't seen enough clips yet, but between the, the horse riding, the motorcycle riding, badass MFR leading the, the motorcycle <laughs> group to you built that. And then you transition into wrestling with yes. with one leg, essentially. Yes. Like you were being prepped for the wrestling business and you didn't know about it. Is where I'm bringing this whole story around. 100%. 100. I was resurged as Vet Adams. Yeah. You really were. It, that's <laughs> unbelievable. So, Vet, what are goals for 2022 then? 2022. Um, let's see. Well, I have um, this Deep South Wrestling show next Friday, March 4th. Um, I am uh, uh, helping run that show. I, I honestly, I'm really enjoying my position in office at Deep South, and I'm going to make that a goal to really become someone that they can lean on, someone that they can depend on, trust in. Um, I, I really want to work hard in the office. Um, and also, uh, I, I do hope to, um, referee around the territories and one day, um, hopefully put a, like a wrestling match on for my, you know, my dad and my siblings to come out and see and see what I can do. And, um, but, but right now I'm really focused on refing and deep South office. Okay. Well, that was again. You're. Uh, we are literally on the phone. We are not on FaceTime or anything like that. My next question was, how is Dad and the siblings with you now deep diving into wrestling and now, you know, becoming you know, so engulfed into it? Oh my goodness. Oh, it's hilarious. Um. So my dad 
is a badass. Okay. So he is an old cowboy who still works a farm and raises children. Like my, he, he's like, uh, he's 78, 79 now. Um, but he, he, uh, so I'm the oldest of six children. Um, we're not all biological. Uh, four of my little sisters were adopted through foster care. You're all family. Um, It doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. I hate that too. Yeah. All right. And um, so I grew up um, being a foster family. Um, So I grew up with um, lots of siblings um, throughout my childhood. And um, we adopted my four little sisters um, because the state was going to split them up. And my mom was like, no, they're my family. They're not going anywhere. And um, so uh, my dad, he wrangles this horse farm and also raises teenage daughters. It's seventy eight, seventy nine. I, I have yes. a teenage son that I'm ready to ship off to. I don't know where, but yeah, <laughs> good for him. A, a farm upstate, <laughs> right? Yeah, or but, a farm um, down to Georgia. Will your Will your dad take a sixteen year old boy? You know, he will put him to work. Good luck with he that. I've been trying that too, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so my dad, he's still running the horse farm. Um, my my little sisters, they all have special needs, um, and so they help him out around the house and in the at the farm. And um, yeah, my brother is a firefighter um, in Henry County, where I grew up. And uh, yeah, I don't know, like we're we're all just doing good now. You know, we've we've been through some really hard times together, but like we finally hit this good state you know your family is i i don't mean this snide or anything your family sounds like it is the the magazine family and it's amazing that i get to hear that that you you guys are so proud of what you do and i'm grateful to talk to you today I really am, and to hear about your family, and to know that your roots are that amazing. Um, Thank you I want to so meet much. them all. I want to meet them all. I want to. I hope everybody's a hugger in your family because you don't understand oh, yeah. what you've done today, uh, let alone you a couple days ago. My, my little sister Victoria, she might not be a hugger. She she's a she's a feisty one. She oh, she might not give great, you a hug, but uh, she'll, she'll give you a one liner. That's for sure. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, she'll she'll snap back with a one-liner so quick. She is fast. She's fast. Cool. Uh, not, uh, we have so much more to cover. We really do. Uh, I'll, I'll open it up. But I do want to get one more thing in, one more question. Then I want you to Absolutely. pump Resurgence out the wazoo again. Um, yes. You're, and it's twofold, okay? Dream match to ref, okay? You can pick anybody from any era. I don't care. Tell me who you want to ref. But then I want to know your dream match because you're going to get back into wrestling. I know you're going to be full, oh, yeah. full fledged back into wrestling. I just understand your attitude so much right now. Who do you mm-hmm. want to? Re- it would probably be Charlotte Flair. I'm answering this already for myself. But who are you going to want to wrestle? Where do you want this to happen? Ooh, you know what? Either Charlotte Flair or Oscar. I would love to wrestle Oscar. My goodness, Oscar is a dream match. Okay. Um. And uh, where? Let me see. You know, honestly, I wouldn't mind wrestling uh, Asuka overseas. Nice. You're one of the yeah. first ones that's ever taken that dream match question overseas. Yeah? 
Yeah, everybody usually says the generic Madison Square Garden at uh, AT&T where the WrestleMania is happening. They want the big stadiums uh, or they yeah, want it yeah. in their hometown. You're taking it over to Japan, essentially. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're giving uh, her home field advantage to kick her ass. You know, you got to give her a fair opportunity. You do. <laughs> I like to stay fair, even in my wrestling matches. No cheating. No, not yet. Nick Patrick has not you know, taught you everything then. You know, he, he hasn't taught me everything. There's still room to learn. But what's the match that you would on a ref ever in your life? Ooh, okay. Um, okay, this is going to be a weird one. Okay. I want MJ, heel MJF versus face Dusty Rhodes. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't even think I've ever, I've ever put that match together. That's amazing. You said I could pick any Yeah, I, I did. I did. No, 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 no. Yeah, but I, I just haven't thought about it. Because you think MGF, you think of Piper right off the bat. You, everybody wants that match. Yeah. E- ever. But to throw Dusty in it. And Dusty's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. Yeah. Wow. Great pick, Man. kid. Great pick, kid. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All that right. one was easy. <laughs> it was easy. I didn't even think of that. All right. Deep South, this weekend, they have a free event. If you're not in Georgia, get to Georgia. If you live in Georgia and you're not there, you're a fool. Tell us yes. everything you can about this event. Okay. So this Friday, March 4th, um, we are having a Deep South Wrestling show. Um, we are presenting Resurgence. So there, there, there are two main themes behind resurgence. So um, the, the first one I'm actually super happy to talk to you about. Um, we are celebrating my recaversary. Um, we are <laughs> Normal celebrating. Normal people don't celebrate that, but okay. Yeah, no, we're, we're celebrating my recaversary because I got to live. You know? Yeah, touche. I, I, I got to talk about it. I got to walk away. You know, it just took me a long time. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, so we're celebrating my recaversary. Um, you know, it, it marks three years, um, this March and also, um, one a little bit, um, harder to talk about. Um, we are celebrating the memory of Mr. Jody Hamilton. Um, so for those of you who don't know, um, Mr. Jody Hamilton was the masked assassin and, uh, tragedy struck the wrestling world as we lost him this past August. Um, he was the the founder of Deep South Wrestling. He has produced so many stars. He he has invested so much into the wrestling community, into the business. Um, and uh, losing him was really hard on all of us. Um, and especially Nick, you know, that was, that was his father. Um, and so we haven't had a wrestling show since we've lost Jody because we've been kind of working through the pain and the despair. Um, but we're, we're coming up, we are coming back up and we are coming back swinging and we are doing this resurgence show for his memory, um, to honor him and to introduce, you know, to, to, to talk to him about people who are familiar with his, um, legacy and also introduce people to his legacy. That's amazing. If you're a wrestling fan and you don't know 
uh, about Jody Hamilton, Mr. Assassin, you you are you're lost. You are yes. lost because he had been all when it was the territorial wrestling era back, which I still love more than anything in the world. He was there. He was at this territory. He was at that territory. Yes. He was at that territory. And that He's is running all the territories. That's a golden age for me. That yeah, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you're getting your recoversary, but I'm glad this is also something that Nick is doing in, in memory of his father because this is awesome. Can I ask a question? Please tell Absolutely. me this is going to be at least Facebook Live or streamed or something. So it's it's not going to be Facebook Live or streamed. Um, we are going to record it, and then whenever it is done being edited and produced, we are going to post it on our um, website, um, deepsouthwrestling.com. So the episode will be aired. However, I highly recommend everyone come to the actual live event. I agreed. Yeah, agreed. If you're not there, you're an idiot. I've already told Vet if we didn't have plans, I'd figure out how to get to Atlanta this weekend. Sorry, Cal. Um, but it, it would happen. It really would. Because, yeah. but yeah, at least we know we're going to be able to see this, you know, on a tape delay whenever, a month later or whatever. But if you're Ooh. in and around that area and you have the means of getting there, I think something's going to happen. I just, I already know that there's going to be, and generically, I'm going to use it, there's going to be a huge resurgence. Of yes. Deep South. Like, I think you guys have something in the hopper that is going to blow the wrestling world out of the, out of the water. I really oh, do. Absolutely. I don't I don't want to – I don't want it spoiled. I don't want anything like that. I want to see it nope, and, no tweet, and tweet it out saying, oh, my God, oh, my God. So, yeah. yeah. It's going to be amazing. I mean, this show is written so beautifully. It's, it's, it's going to be a wild, insane, like – heartwarming time and um oh excuse me um and uh we actually are not only adding to i'm sorry let me let me start over let me reword that again um sorry so, sorry i had a brain brain blip you know it happens sometimes yeah um so deep south wrestling has its history you know it has its traditions it it has you know all of this really like luscious um, background and um, we are adding to that legacy and we are having the very first in deep south wrestling history intergender tag team match wow wow oh, it better oh it gets even better i'm not even done yet so it is an intergender tag team match so the girls fight the guys the guys fight the girls you know nothing is off limits um but we are actually representing all genders. We are representing male genders. We are representing female genders. We are representing non-binary. Um, we have um, a wrestler that I would love to plug. Her name is Andy Ripley, or their name is Andy Ripley. And they are going to come on the show and wrestle with the intergender tag team title. And that means we have representatives from everywhere. That's for this awesome. match, we you know we we are we are highlighting all kinds of talent. It's it's just going to be amazing. That's amazing within within itself. I love that we are getting organizations up to par 
in the world. And, yes. and, I'll, and I'll say it like this because my 16-year-old son a year ago came out to me and he's gay. And people were like, what do you think, Mark? I'm like, he's gay. Cool. He's my son. I don't care. Yeah. You know? Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> cool. He, he's still my son. He's going to do whatever. Uh, whatever. And, and there's still some wrestling organizations that are so worried about this stupid stigmatism. Yes. Guess what? Yes. They're humans. They're, he- they're wrestlers. They're entertainers. Wake the hell up, people. Yes. And Andy is so talented. I'm so excited to have her on the show. Um, another wrestler that we have on the show is Simon Sermon. I've um, heard of he, Simon. I yes. have heard of Simon. I have. Yes. The self-proclaimed queen of the ring, the exotic one, Simon Sermon. Uh, I am so excited to have him on the card. He is going. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm amped to have him as talent. That's awesome. I I don't want any more spoilers. You can't give any more out. You got to get people, as Ricky Morton would say, you have to get asses in seats, and it's free, people. So if your ass isn't in a seat, you're stupid. So 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 not good. Yeah, so not good. You're being nice because you're representing <laughs> uh, the office right now, but I don't have to yes. be. But, yeah, don't be stupid. Head to Deep South this weekend and make sure you check them out. Uh, Vet, I'm going to open it up to you. I want you to spew whatever else you want to spew nicely. Um, Your socials, Deep South socials, merch, stuff like that. Uh, Just go. Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, this show on Friday, March 4th uh, is actually RSVP. So the tickets are free. Um, You don't have to pay anything for the tickets, but you do have to go online and RSVP your ticket. Um, Our capacity is, you know, uh, set at a limit. And if we get close to that fire code, then we're only going to be allowed people in that have RSVP. We will no longer be able to take door walk-ins. So you can find that code on um, Deep South Wrestling's Instagram or their Facebook um, you know, Facebook, I think is, uh, G A D S W, but, uh, Instagram is deep underscore, uh, South underscore wrestling. Um, and, uh, you can find the link to mixed deity, which is the studio that we're hosting the event in. Um, you can find the link there and buy, uh, reserve your free B Y, uh, free, general admission tickets but you can buy five dollar byob wristbands so um it is a byob event um but in order for us to identify who is 21 and older we are giving out wristbands for five dollars um and now five dollars for one wristband you can drink whatever you bring from home way better than spending five dollars a beer you know you're saving some money sure a lot of money and um, so you reserve your tickets online. You, you purchase your BYOB wristbands online. Um, you can find all of that at um, uh, uh, mixeddeity.com slash DSW. And mixeddeity is M-I-X-D-E-I-T-Y, you know, dot com slash DSW, like Deep South Wrestling. Um, and... Uh, yeah, you can also find me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, I am vet like the car, V-E-T-T-E underscore Adams like the family, A-D-D-A-M-S. There you go. Vet, uh, like I said, we're going to we're gonna stay in contact. We're going to set some more stuff up. We're going to, meaning the Martinez's are going to make the trip down to Atlanta to hang out at Deep South and... 
you and Charlotte Flair, little Charlotte Flair at least. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've had a great time this afternoon, evening, morning, whenever you guys are listening to this. Um, thank you for opening up today. This is, again, you're an inspiration. Uh, everything you've been through, things I didn't know prior, and this is the advocate you are not only for the wrestling world, but for life. Because essentially that you could have just said, all right, this is my life the rest of the time, and I'm going to watch The Price is Right. And be, you know, and you didn't. And there are days that I do, and that's okay. It but is okay. the majority of the time, you know, we got to just pick ourselves up and, you know, do the next right thing. Yeah, for sure. Vet, we'll do this again real soon, I'm sure. Um, Please. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Thank you for yeah, coming Yeah, we'll on. have to do uh, deeper dives in some of the, the topics we've hit today because I feel like we could... We skimmed. We could, <laughs> we could really get into some of those conversations. We could, and, and we will. We will for sure. And, and, game on. Game on. There, there, I, I don't need to say anything <laughs> else. Game on. But <laughs> I will tell you this right now. I, I love you, and I want everybody to hear this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate joining you. And I honestly just really enjoyed talking to you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Vet Adams. Um, this is going to be the most inspirational, the most heartfelt, the most amazing interview that I've had all year. We spent plenty of time after the podcast just chatting. We, we opened up to each other about anything and everything. And I know... If I need anything in my life, I can call Vet Adams, and she's going to be right there. So, Vet, uh, I know I told you a million times before we hung up with each other, but thank you. Um, I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to give you a hug because we're huggers, um, and I, I truly love you. Uh, Sharon, some really tough things after we went on the we were on the podcast uh means a lot to me i i don't open up a lot but you got it quickly you broke into me quickly and it's amazing um guys make sure to get back onto the podcast now i guess uh make sure you follow that make sure you love and support her and deep south wrestling if you're in georgia friday night and you're not rsping to go to the show i don't know what's wrong with you 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 need to go to this you need to support it you need to support indie wrestling you need to support people like vet adams that are <sighs> inspirational the things that she's going to do not only for the wrestling world but for you know the, the the handicap community, the the biker community. She's still going to work with in the wrestling community. She is going to be somebody to watch, and I, I can't even get into can crusher mode because I'm more into um, the mode that me and Vet just talked afterwards, and, and it no, and it means so much to me. So, yeah, guys, as we always say on the podcast, remember. Just because you're trash doesn't mean you can't do great things. It's called a garbage can, not a garbage cannot. Yeah.